0: College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper.
1: I'm not afraid way.
2: We're not practicing to beat somebody, we're practicing to beat everybody.
1: This is not just another game. So It's a rivalry.
3: Saturday night, prom time. This is what you dream of. We're 7-0. They're 7-0. The best team we
4: win. It's Thursday. It's College Football Live. It's Week 9. Gentlemen, Sam Acho, Eric McLean, I'm Wendy Nix. You can hardly script it much better than this. You've got an interstate rivalry. You've got two teams undefeated, and you've got... a a rivalry that rarely doesn't deliver. Number one, Michigan, Michigan State. Let's look back to 1990. Remember this, less than 10 seconds to go. Eric Kerback found Derek Alexander for a touchdown to bring the Wolverines within one. Michigan went for two. The pass went to Desmond. He only needs one name. He was tripped, but no call. Spartans pulled off the upset. How about Nick Saban coaching in 1997 with the Spartans. Number five, Michigan, beating number 15, Michigan State, 23-7. to seven. The Wolverines finished the game with six interceptions, including two by Charles Woodson. He won the national title that season. Uh, Woodson went on to win the Heisman Trophy. And then 2015, 10 seconds left. Number 12, Michigan, leading number seven, Michigan State, by two. Michigan punter Blake O'Neill has trouble with the snap. Jalen Watts-Jackson picks it up, scores the winning touchdown as time expires, leading to the famous surrender Cobra from the Michigan fans. So Saturday's matchup between number six Michigan, number eight Michigan State, will mark the fifth AP Top Ten matchup in series history and the first since 1964. The road team won the four previous games, and Michigan State has the edge – Three to one record in those games, and Sam, listen—it's it, it, hard to script it. I said this—it's—it's it, hard to not like the way this one shakes out. Let's start with Michigan. What do you like?
5: Well, I love Michigan's defense. I mean, you look at this game, and Michigan defensively, they have some stars that consistently stand out. Start off with a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, number 97, on the edge. He's consistently getting after the quarterback. Then his homeboy David Ojavo, number 55, is also getting after the quarterback. We put a lot of shine on 97. A lot of shine on 55. Then you've got D.J. Turner, number five, making plays as well. And so what I get excited about when I watch these teams, I get excited about the playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. And then you go to their offense as well. There's so much to love about this Michigan football team.
4: Eric, I'll ask you the same question about Michigan State.
2: Yeah, how about when you look at this offense, how about some balance? When you see these guys, man, they can run it, they can throw it. Peyton Thorne has done an unbelievable job at quarterback when they need him to pick up strikes, but it's all about that ground game. It's all about Kenneth Walker III and what he has been able to bring to this Michigan State team. He, he's electric on the ground what he's been able to do with his legs really in my opinion a heisman candidate that has played extremely well for michigan state and and just what he's been able to do that big offensive line they're moving the way for him and, and really allowing him to get out in space so i think that balance is going to be a little bit of an issue for michigan then you look defensively that Ben don't break mentality from the spartans uh, right at about 18 points a game they're giving up uh, but really doing a great job containing guys what a great matchup we're going to see this Saturday.
4: Well, and I don't think you can overlook the the way these two teams have bounced back either. They've shown a lot of resiliency this season after what we saw in the previous few. Take a look at this. It's uh, history in a lot of ways. The matchup between Michigan and Michigan State will be the, just the sixth time between Big Ten schools in the last 100 seasons where both teams are 7-0 or better entering the game. They both have had major improvement from last year, as I mentioned. In 2020, they both had losing records and gave up over 30 points per game to their opponents. We welcome in Adam Rittenberg and Tom Van Haren, both of whom have articles out now on ESPN.com about the respective resurgence of the Spartans and Wolverines. And Adam, let me ask you this. How did Mel Tucker use his NFL background to transform this Michigan State roster?
0: Well, Wendy, Mel Tucker spent 10 years in the NFL with three separate franchises and knows all about free agency. And he started to equate the transfer portal in college to free agency in the NFL and told me that in free agency you address need. You don't just grab at guys. And so even though Michigan State added 15 FBS players out of the transfer portal, they were targeted additions. They needed a home run hitter at running back. So they added Kenneth Walker, the third from Wake Forest. They needed an anchor on their offensive line. They added Jared Horst from Arkansas State. They needed cornerback help. So they added a couple of guys out of the SEC who are starting for them. So a lot of teams go into the portal and just grab that wasn't Mel Tucker's approach it was targeted it was based on free agency in the NFL and that's why Michigan State hit so much when other teams have missed and it's, it's created the best one-year turnaround in college football this season
4: it makes so much sense and Tom two and four Michigan was last season what a difference a year makes what changed inside this Michigan locker room
3: Well, Wendy, it was that 2-4 and season from last year that led the players to get together. The leaders on that team, Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Ross, Cade McNamara, and some of the other leaders within the locker room, they all got together, and they said they don't want that ever to happen again at Michigan. Some of those players told me it was embarrassing to go through that. As a player at Michigan, it shouldn't happen. So they led player meetings. They led player workouts. They even started a leadership council with players and coaches mixed in to try to change that culture, try to hold each other more accountable. And the players said they think it's worked. And And they also give credit to some of the assistant coaches on the staff as well. They were able to help facilitate a new environment and a new culture at Michigan to give the players a chance to lead from within and take this team into their own hands. And I spoke to Jim Harbaugh about this and he commended his players for doing it. And he said, maybe we're the Rocky Balboa of college football. We're a little beat up and we're angry, and he said good. He likes that his team is a little angry and feels like they're the underdog this season.
4: A little angry, never hurt anybody. Gentlemen, thank you. You can see both of these articles right now on ESPN.com. Time now for our Weekend Wake Up brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. The Nittany Lions will take on the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday. Penn State's defense will have the tough task of trying to slow down an Ohio State offense, averaging, oh, I don't know, 550 yards per game and nearly 50 points per game, both the most in the FBS. And Eric certainly can't take away from those offensive numbers. They are impressive, but I I don't think you want to overlook how this Buckeyes defense has evolved either.
2: No, this is really, to me, what turned around the team. Now, the offense, it didn't really ever miss a beat. uh, But that Oregon game, there were some big-time question marks on the defensive side of the ball. Those guys were giving up so many yards on the ground, especially to that Oregon team. And just after that game, that's when they realized they're for full potential. That's when I think they got a little angry themselves and said, okay, let's revert back to who we are. Let's get back to being – this Ohio State defense that really strikes fear into other people, and that's exactly what they've been doing. And, guys, that has allowed the offense to play so much better these last couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, listen, that's a dangerous tandem. We're going to do a little role reversal. We'll let the defensive guy then give that offense its due. We we don't want to shirk them either, though, Sam, given those numbers.
5: Yeah, that Ohio State offense, like I get it. The defense was played great, but that offense, Emac, has been ridiculous. I don't remember the last time C.J. Stroud threw an interception. That's how phenomenal he has been. So you got him throwing the ball, and then you got guys like Travion Henderson catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball. Oh, by the way, Garrett Wilson. Oh, by the way, Chris Olave. Oh, by the way, Jackson Smith and Jigba. There are so many guys on this offense that you cannot stop. And that's why you see guys like Jamison Williams transfer to a school like Alabama because he wasn't going to play. He's their number one receiver at Alabama. He wasn't going to play at Ohio State. And so we saw the numbers. We're amazed by the numbers. I'm more amazed by how many talented individuals are on this football team.
4: That's a lot of oh-by-the-ways. That's because there's an embarrassment of riches for that Buckeyes offense. Uh, this is one you don't want to miss. I, what a weekend we got coming up. Uh, you, can, you can see this game. Penn State and Ohio State. Heisman hopeful C.J. Stroud running back Travion Henderson. And that Buckeyes offense at the Shoe. 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Still to come on College Football Live, Oklahoma got off to a slow start last week, but then here comes Caleb Williams. How has he changed the Sooners as we move ahead?
0: College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper.
4: Let's take a look at our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview. Caleb Williams only has two starts under his belt, but he's made an impression. He's got a QBR of 95.6, the best in FPS among players with at least 50 pass attempts this season. Listen, so far, so good, even if the sample size is small. Eric, uh, are the Sooners Caleb Williams' team at this point going forward?
2: I don't think there's any question, especially what we saw from him finishing that Kansas game. Now, Oklahoma was kind of sleepwalking early often, and often in that game and, and got punched right in the mouth. But the plays that we saw Caleb make, the, the fourth and three, for him to keep his balance, to have great vision, uh, and, and to turn fourth and three into a TD, uh, I think he earned some big-time respect there. And then the heads-up play, the awareness to, to see that his running back on fourth and short is getting stuffed right at the line of scrimmage to you know just go and take the ball away from him and to convert, to keep the drive alive, and to pretty much ice the game. Uh, if he didn't have everybody's respect going into that game, he certainly has it leaving the game. Uh, this young man is a special talent, and we've seen
5: it on display, Osh, time and time again. Yeah, he's, he's a football player. Like, it's some people who, EMAC, they play football. Other people are football players. Uh, Caleb Williams is a football player player. That fourth and three we talked about, he hadn't kept it all game, yet he kept it, got a first down, right? And then talk about that amazing play that we all saw and we all talked about, we're still talking about to this day. Every time this dude is on the field, he, he just he just is on a different level as everyone else. And going back to that play, that fourth and one that we all talked about, where he took the ball from his running back and got a first down, like no one does that. People don't do that. And so that's why I have so much respect for Caleb Williams. I, I don't think that. Oklahoma was sleepwalking through that game. I think Kansas kind of came in and said, hey, we're actually ready to play. Uh, because if you say they're sleepwalking through that game, you can say they were sleepwalking all season long. But I think hey, Williams is going to wake them up.
4: You know, sometimes it sounds trite, but he's just got that it factor. When you watch him, you say, you know what, whatever it is, I see it. He's got it. Uh, I, I don't know about Cincinnati. A lot of fans are certainly hoping they do, and we've talked a lot about the Bearcats. They are number two after improving to 7-0 and last Saturday. They beat Navy, but here's the thing. It was a little bit of a struggle to close it out, and the midshipmen just one and six. It's a game that since he entered as a 28-and-a-half point favorite. So, you know, that is what it is, uh, Sam, what, what do you need to see from the Bearcats hey, this weekend?
5: Wendy and Eric and everybody listening, they need to win by 50. Like, put up 50 oh, ooh, ooh. every <laughs> single game. You got Tulane. I need you to score 50 points. You got Tulsa after that. Score 50. You need to put up points, and here's why. We had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Oh, with a win is a win. Nobody cares. That's what me and Emac was saying. And then, all of a sudden, they barely beat Navy. Now it's like, well, are they really that good? Leave <laughs> No doubt. Put up – everything is in your control. You don't got to win by 50. Just put up 50. Put up 50, hold the other team to 7-10. Win by 40. Make it a convincing win. That way when the college football selection committee is making selections, they are not making any questions. You're automatically in that top four.
4: I like that distinction. You don't have to win by 50, Eric. You just got to put 50 on the scoreboard. Uh, But it's funny because you talk about those rankings, and on Tuesday we will see our initial CFP ranking for this season. Uh, Cincinnati will be in there somewhere. Where do you think they net out, Eric?
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, guys. You know, I would not be shocked at all and almost am am very confident they are not going to be the number two team in the country. I think this committee is going to make a statement, and what we've heard time and time again from them is that strength of schedule matters, what they see matters, the, the different optics that they have. And it's important for everyone to remember that this is the committee's first poll. They did not start them at seven, and there's nowhere else to go but up when everyone else loses. So this is a fresh start, and it's going to be very telling to see moving forward how much is this committee going to value the G5 and value Cincinnati. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if if they are four, maybe five, maybe six at the end of the day. So it's going to be an interesting story for Bearcats fans when these rankings come out.
5: Yeah, no, I'm with you, Mac. I think they'll be in that four, five, six range. Uh, because of what we saw last week, if I'm just being honest, right? You barely beat Navy, and I'm not the one who said it. I'm the guy who said score by, win by 50, win by, it don't matter, leave no doubt. So I think they're going to be probably in that four to five range, uh, maybe right in front of Oklahoma at this point. Obviously, I think you got Alabama, you got Georgia up there, you got Ohio State even up there in that top three, and then I think you see Cincinnati right after there.
4: Yeah, look, I think six is a hard sell, but I, I'm in total agreement. They won't be two. I mean, I, I just I, I don't I don't see that. Not this week. Anyway, I uh, take a look now at this week's top performance brought to you by Invesco QQQ. Virginia quarterback Brennan Armstrong continued his strong season. It was against Georgia Tech over the weekend. He threw for 396 yards, four touchdowns and not a single interception. The Cavs. Win 48 to 40. Ahead on College Football Live, you know it, it's Thursday, and that means we're going to tell you, Sam will tell you anyway, what made him go acho mind from last week.
0: This is strictly business. This is Sparta! College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fan's dessert. What are you most proud of, being the
3: first college football player to pass over 10,000 yards or having a cereal named after you? Uh, the cereal? Yeah, Come on. Course, right? I mean, every, everybody can throw for, especially now with no, the everybody. overtimes and extra games, everybody's throwing for 10,000 yards. Who's got a better arm, Tony the Tiger or uh, Count Chocula? Oh, um, Tony the Tiger's yeah. got to, right? The Count's been living in the dark too long. <laughs> you know, just, he gets no exercise, he's white. He doesn't look very
6: athletic. <laughs> Welcome back to College Football Live. Tiffany Green along with Jay Walker here to give you the scoop around HBCU football. Well, folks, the real homecoming happens this weekend at Florida A&M as the Rattlers host Grambling State. <laughs> Fam, playing exceptional football right now, and they've got a guy by the name of Marquis Bell who roams that secondary. He is one of those standouts right now in FCS football. One to watch, Jay.
1: Yeah, outside of you saying it's the real homecoming, that's not true being biased from Florida A&M representation. Tiffany Green, but Marquise Bell is the real deal. He's an NFL caliber safety. He needs to play big because this is a grambling team that can sneak up on you. They're playing their best football since the emergence of freshman quarterback Noah Baden. It should be a good time down there in Tallahassee if they take care of their business.
6: Talking about a good time, Magic City Classic descends on Birmingham, the largest HBCU classic in recent years, Alabama a versus Alabama State bragging rights on the line.
1: Always. State holiday in the state of Alabama. Everybody will be there. The 80th edition. And I tell everybody, all eyes are going to be on Birmingham, Alabama. The Magic City Classic is special. It's the largest HBCU classic in the country. It's the best time to be had. They start tailgating on Monday. So when we get there, we're going to be a little bit late to the party. But outside of that, some fantastic football players. A Quill Glass NFL quarterback prospect needs to step it up. Alabama A&M Two weeks ago, it was the number one team in black college football. They've hit a rough patch right now. And for Alabama State, if they want to try and keep up with Alabama A&M offensively, it's going to come down to whether or not quarterback Ryan Nettles is healthy. Otherwise, they have to start a true freshman.
6: And as we stick with HBCU football, a quick note that it was announced Tuesday, Sonia Stills is going to be the new MEAC commissioner replacing the outgoing Dennis Thomas, who is retiring. Congratulations to her for being a trailblazer, the first woman to be uh, head of a conference for the MEAC and HBCU football Division One history.
4: All right, guys. Thank you, Sam. Uh, it's, it's appointment television, I think, on Thursdays. Uh, we're all waiting with bated breath. What made you go at your mind last week?
5: Yeah, well, first of all, shout out to the new picture. Seth, our producer, getting that in there. But it was three plays made me go at your mind. First, it's the run of a mill, Hassan Haskins. He got stopped. He got stopped. He's still going. He's still going. Oh, by the way, he's still <laughs> running. He carried the entire Northwestern defense and his entire offense. This was the first play that made me go, I show mine. Keep them feet moving. Play number two. North Alabama wide receiver to Kyrie Kennebrew, a.k.a. to catch it with your feet. Kennebrew, he caught that ball, not with his hands. High point the ball. Nope, nope. Now, low point the ball. Catch it with your feet to Kyrie Kennebrew. You don't need hands. All you got is two feet. <laughs> and now, last but not least, gets the defensive players some love. Cervasi, what? What Uh-oh. just happened? Cervasi and Dennis got the interception off of a pitch. I did this once, once. It was in seventh grade. It never happened again. This dude is playing Division I college football, playing against DJU, making one-handed interceptions. If they show the press box, people, they were going crazy. The coach was going crazy. I'm still going crazy. Emac's going crazy. This <laughs> is show Mind. Even
4: Wendy, you went crazy. Uh, what, even me? Oh, yeah, I went crazy. By the way, you did not peak in seventh grade. Uh, that's good news. You might have done that in seventh grade, but you, you kept on rising, Sam. Uh, listen, obviously we've got a huge weekend in college football, so many great games. It's also Halloween weekend. Uh, of course, if you got kids, you certainly know that. Uh, Mike Leach, though, getting a little bit testy about a Halloween issue, okay? In particular, candy corn. Here's what he had to say.
2: Although it did have uh... – some brighter points in my life, in particular when I was young. You know, the type of thing where it gets all over your hands and your face. Um, <clears throat> before long, though, I realized that that was a grave error and there was far better uh, paths ahead than candy corn. So, yeah, I, no, I have no interest. I, it's one of those items that, uh, you know, there's a reason they serve it basically once a year because it's not very good to begin with.
4: Thank you. It is not a real candy if you serve it one day a year. By the way, in the dark when people dress up, so you don't even know what you're getting, because you don't want to get it, Eric. You don't like, I have no need for candy Listen, corn. Listen,
2: candy corn is a staple, guys. It is need oh, to be had on. by children everywhere. The pumpkin <laughs> one, that's my favorite, oh, that's especially
5: Halloween. Come on, guys. Sam, Sam where back. are you on this? You're tripping, tripping. I used to be a candy corn, I used to be a candy corn guy when I was younger. Right, they say okay. when I was a child, I thought like a child. But when I grew up, my <laughs> thought process changed. I am over the candy core. Mike Leach was coming in hot. Mike Leach, you are 100% Stay true correct. true to your Wendy, roots, Sam. W- uh, w- go back
4: Wendy to the roots, I man. Uh, uh, 100% I right. Listen, I, I'd be remiss though so not to ask and let you guys off the hook earlier. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, both teams undefeated. I mean, I, I just you really can't. It doesn't get any better. Who you got? And I, you got to be quick. But Sam, who you got? Well, first I thought you were
5: going to talk about candy. I'm going Reese's on candy, but I'm going Michigan on football team. I-
4: Okay, fair. Hey, you okay. can
5: do
2: both. Disagree. Too, Eric. I'm going Sparty, baby. Come on, Kenneth Walker the Third, big time.
4: You see, right. Snickers all day, every day, fellas. We'll see you next week. Have a great day.